0: In the Dynasty Football Network That's James the DeBrancetulis
1: I have less career Passing interceptions Than Nathan, Nathan Peterman
0: <laughs> That's Travis The Beard Rasmussen Heyo, Case Keenum's gonna win a Super Bowl Guys And I am John Hogue And this is Super Flexible And we are on Part 3 of our quarterback dissection from the uh, 2017 season we've talked about the top 12 we're on to all the rest and let's jump right into it boys travis you've got the list for us um so we finished off last week with uh quarterback number 12 jared goff so let's jump right in with some outlooks for 2018 for the finishers in 2017 starting with uh quarterback
2: number 13 all right, yeah, so I'm going to kind of list three the next three guys here. So QB 13, 14, 15, and you guys can kind of jump in where you want to. Um, QB 13 was Blake Bortles. Um, he kind of finished slow. He uh, he had really bad weeks, week 1 through 11, except for week 3 was, was good, but he was fantastic through the end of the season. Weeks 12 through 16 uh, were all in the top 12 finishes. Uh, my main kind of thought here is, does that save his job? Does this playoff run save his job? I think it does. Uh, QB14 is Case Keenum. This one is pretty interesting. I think I think he's going to be a topic of discussion for sure. Um, what are Dynasty Superflex owners supposed to do with this guy? Uh, is he going to have a job next year? We were hearing reports that Keenum could follow Pat Shermer to his new head coaching job. Um, I believe he definitely played himself into a starting role for some team somewhere, um, as long as he doesn't absolutely bomb in the playoffs. Uh, And QB 15 is Matt Ryan. Um, I think that conversation is going to be pretty short. Uh, I think that he – QB 15, I mean, that's Matt Ryan. You know, he – that's just kind of. We all knew regression was coming from last year. He kind of fell right back into it where he it has been for his career. Um, he only had four finishes inside the top twelve and never once finished above QB eight this year. Uh, so, what do you, what do you guys think? Where do you want to hit?
1: Yeah, for me, I guess uh, I, I kind of like to start with Case Keenum. I think that's that's you know the. Uh, really interesting to kind of see what happens with him does he go back to Minnesota um you know I think a lot of that depends on their playoff success you know if they if they go to the Super Bowl how do you get rid of this guy um you know you got to try to bring him back and like you said does he end up following Pat Shermer he's comfortable in that offense is that a kind of a group package you know if if Shermer does get a, a head coaching job somewhere assuming he does Um, you know does does uh, Keenum follow so um, yeah I think that's really interesting to kind of monitor his situation and see kind of where he ends up going
0: yeah I totally agree Case Keenum is for dynasty purposes is especially in a super flex is definitely a hold because I think he's earned himself a starting job somewhere Um, and it easily could he 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 might be stuck in Minnesota (laughs) they might be stuck with him if he's the one who finally delivers a super bowl to those vikings fans who you know have have been long suffering they find the most creative ways to choke in the playoffs but they finally get it done at home in front of the the vikings fans i i mean he they basically hand him a blank check you know and he's there so, yeah, I think that uh, either way, he ends up starting somewhere. And, there. I mean, if you're right, Travis, and this is your case, Keenum wins the Super Bowl, I think that he's back in Minnesota throwing this to Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph and turning and handing off to Dalvin Cook. And, and to me, that's a ton of fantasy goodness. So I think you've got to hold on and wait and
2: see what happens. Totally agree. I have in my notes here... Anybody who has Case Keenum should hold at least until uh, the end of the free agency period because his value is going to go up. He Right now, he's a question mark. Um, everyone, we don't know where he's going to go. But, yeah, I totally agree. If he wins a Super Bowl, this conversation changes entirely. He's back in Minnesota. Most likely, he's, he's going to get a Joe Flacco contract, and Minnesota's going to be stuck with him for five years. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Pretty much,
0: although I think I mean I think he's more talented than Joe Flack. I actually think that he's a lot more talented than he ever got credit for, and I think a big part of that was being Jeff stuck in a Jeff Fisher offense for so long. Yep. So yep. Uh, I I think that they unearthed a diamond in the rough with Case Keenum, and someone's someone's gonna get a stud quarterback.
2: I don't know about stud. I think he. <laughs> yeah, I think he's I think he's good. Mm-hmm. I don't... Anyways, let's move on. Uh, so real quick on... You guys want to hit on Bortles at all or no? I mean, you got to... Are you selling, buying? I think you said it all on Bortles
0: and Matt Ryan, in my opinion. What do you think, James?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm right there, too. I agree. I, th- I think uh, you pretty much nailed everything out, I'd say, about uh, the two of those guys. Cool.
2: All right, so QB16 in 2017 was Tyrod Taylor. Um, he had a surprisingly good year, uh, given all of the external factors that he had to deal with. His team shipped off all of his good players. Uh, he still finished QB sixteen. He had seven finishes inside the top twelve. Um, he only had one inside the top six, so he didn't have any really really huge games for you. But he did this on the Bills, uh, and he didn't have any anybody to throw the ball to. Uh, they weren't. I feel like they weren't even trying to win. Uh, Tyrod Taylor and Lashawn McCoy willed them uh, to to wins, but anyways, I, I think this guy deserves to be a starter in the league. Um, again, it was the Bills. Andy Dalton is is uh, QB seventeen. He had a really bad, really up and down, really disappointing season. The the sort of hive mind view coming into this year was Dalton was going to have one of his better years with A.J. Green, John Ross, uh, LaFell coming off a good year, Eifert's back. They drafted Joe Mixon, all that stuff. You know, this this Bengals offense had some real hype coming into this year. Um, and he actually did have six finishes inside the top 12 quarterbacks, but he had finishes of QB 37, 28, 26, 23, 28, 34, all kind of sprinkled in around those so you never you never felt comfortable starting him I mean it's Andy Dalton kind of is what it is I think he's going to be back uh, QB 18 is Marcus Mariota this is this guy I think we, we should definitely talk about huge disappointment again um, the hype and the expectations were real this off season for Mariota he was drafted at QB 5 in a uh, DFF Dynasty Football Factories August Superflex Startup ADP, twenty uh, sixth overall. So beginning of the third round, uh, that kind of draft capital with these results. I mean that'll kill your your first year. You know you're not you're not having a good year if you took him in the top of the third. Um, he only had three finishes inside the top twelve quarterbacks this year and nine outside the top fifteen. Uh, so I guess we'll kind of kick it with. Kick it off with Mariota. You guys think that he's still going to be an elite quarterback, and what are you doing with him in Superflex?
0: See, I think there's a huge regression coming for Marcus Mariota. And, uh, regression something... from what? Oh, uh, positively. Yeah, a okay. positive regression back to so just just from a from an efficiency standpoint, and this is kind of something that we've talked about before. But for most of his career, he was averaging. Mm-hmm. A touchdown every on on six percent of his passes and this year it dropped all the way down to two percent so in the league average is right around four so you know even just regressing back to the league average puts him right around you know basically doubling his his output this year um, which you know would basically put him somewhere around 20 to 24 touchdowns, um, which is excellent for fantasy purposes. If he gets back to his mean, then all of a sudden you're talking about a top five quarterback. So to me, there's there's a lot that uh, that can still go. You know, there there's a lot that's gonna go right for Mariota, and there's a there's a lot that he's already accomplished um uh, he, you know that we know that he's capable of that's that that's gonna make a return and uh you know and then you factor in that the you know full year with Corey Davis um uh you know you get uh maybe Jonu Smith takes a step um Derek Henry as the lead back is going to make a huge difference for this offense so there's a lot of good stuff for Marcus Mariota and I'm buying all over the place this off season.
1: Yeah, I think you make a lot of good points, John. And uh and that's um kinda I I I can't argue with any of those as far as Mariota goes, but I'd like to touch on Tyrod Taylor a little bit. Uh, this is a guy who, you know, in my opinion is often underappreciated. Um but he seems to produce year in and year out at fantasy and so uh this is a guy where it's really interesting kinda kinda monitoring his situation moving forward. Um, where's he going to be and, you know, what kind of system is he going to play in, what kind of supporting cast is he going to have. I think we've seen enough poor quarterback play to know that Tyrod Taylor probably ends up starting somewhere at least for a year, maybe on a prove-it type deal or maybe, you know, in front of a younger quarterback. Um, but either way, I think that he's going to carry some value into the off season. Um, so I think it's interesting to monitor him and kind of see what kind of situation he ends up in. Because I think, you know, especially for superflex, you know, this is a guy who's a high end number two superflex quarterback, a guy who could, you know, really pay dividends for you depending on where he winds up. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. agree.
0: <laughs> he he should
1: he should be at the very
0: least he should be a bridge type of guy. You know where he would actually fit really well to me? And I don't I, – I, I, I'm not totally sure on the, the situation anymore. This is something that the Capology 101 guys have talked quite a bit about. But Cincinnati could really use Tyrod Taylor for, you know, first of all, the what he brings to the running game. Um, what he brings to the deep downfield passing game when you've got, you know, A.J. Green going after jump balls and John Ross outrunning everybody. Like, that would fit so well with Tyrod Taylor. But the tragedy is, you know, we're talking about Andy Dalton at the same time. Andy Dalton is probably going to be back in Cincinnati, as ridiculous as that is. They already brought back Marvin Lewis. There's no reason to believe that they're going to, move on from Andy Dalton, but they should and Tyrod Taylor would be a perfect fit. Uh,
2: <laughs> I, I kind of feel like Tyrod Taylor and Andy Dalton are, are pretty pretty close talent-wise. Are they similar though in talent? No, no, I mean they're different players. Yeah. I just mean they're both kind of I don't I, I I would probably go with Tyrod but I mean they're not Neither one's gonna be a Super Bowl type of, you know, caliber quarterback or or an MVP. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I Maybe. guess I just I just don't think he's that good. I think he absolutely is a starting quarterback in this league, and I'm definitely buying in in Dynasty Superflex for sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't know that it would be that much of an upgrade for Cincinnati, I guess is what I'm trying to say
0: yeah i mean i I, but the problem is that we don't know what tyrod taylor truly is because he's been stuck on horrible bills offenses with nobody to throw to you know that's true so you you give him one of the elite of the elite wide receivers in aj green and like i said you give him a burner like john ross he loves to throw deep down the field john ross is a
2: cornerback john what's that John Ross is a <laughs> cornerback now. Is he? <laughs> All right. Well, Wait, is that true? Is, <laughs> no, no, no. There was reports that they what were thinking miss? about giving him cornerback reps. No. Oh. Mm-hmm. Huh. He's still a wide receiver though. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's move on. We got QB 19 in 2017 was Derek Carr. Um. <sighs> I think we're going to talk about Derek Carr a little bit. <laughs> I think we had a conversation the other day, and I'm on record as saying that Derek Carr is probably the most overrated quarterback in the league. Um, mm. I don't think he's an elite, ta- an elite talent. I think he's an above average NFL quarterback, um, but I would not be surprised if he's a career QB 12 to 16 kind of guy for fantasy. Um, I'm interested to see what you guys think about this whole John Gruden thing. Um, our buddy um, over at DFF uh, Dynasty Outlaw at DFF Memphis had some interesting stats about Gruden. I'm going to kind of run through that real quick and see what you guys think. Um, just because, you know, it. so let me just run through it. It's interesting. So Gruden has only had 1,000-yard rusher in his entire time as the head coach of Tampa Bay. It was Cadillac Williams, the only running back to have 10 or more rushing touchdowns. He only had one. Um, so basically, he's he's a running back by committee coach, um, but one of his running backs always averages about 50 catches per season. But he's always had a 1,000-yard wide receiver every single season in Tampa Bay. Um, in, in Tampa Bay, the top receiver averaged 75 catches for 1,150 yards and 7 touchdowns. Uh, would have averaged wide receiver thirteen this year, so I guess kind of. What do you guys think about the whole Gruden situation? Does that help Amari Cooper? Does that help Derek Carr? What do you think about the reports they might get? They might not get along. Blah 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 blah. Um, I think we can spend some more time on him because QB twenty is Jacoby Brissett. He's droppable, useless waiver wire fodder at this point. Uh, and twenty one was Josh McCown. Um, which I think uh, he had a surprisingly good year. He missed the last four weeks of the season. Basically, if you've got him, I think you just kind of keep him and hope he comes back next year and you can stream him a few times. So what do you guys think?
1: For me, with Derek Carr, um, I'm kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum. I still... I know I mean, you I, are. You I, love him. I you love Derek I, Carr. No, I, I, and and that's the thing. I don't love him. I don't see... A, a a premier quarterback. I don't see a top five, you know, quarterback uh, in the future, but I do see someone who I think, um, you know, could be in that, you know, 7 to 10 range. Um, he definitely took a step backwards this year, but I think that whole Oakland team did. Um, Amari Cooper with the drops early in the year really hurt him, um, and so I, I think moving forward, I think John Gruden is, is you know, kind of tasked with Working with Derek Carr and, and making Derek Carr a a, uh, a franchise quarterback. So, um, and, and I have faith that he can do that. I don't. I you know I have a lot of other questions about what John Gruden's going to do in there, but I do think that uh, that the one thing you have to give him the benefit of the doubt with is working with quarterbacks. So I think Derek Carr is uh, it will be on the rise, and I think if you have him, you, you pretty much have to hold him. You're not going to get any value for him after the year he had last year, even though he's young really you almost have to even if you want to move Derek Carr, you almost have to wait until he has a few good games next year and then try to move him other than that uh you're not going to get value for him, so you kind of have to stick with him and and I think that uh I think that he'll he'll rebound uh you know pretty nicely i i again, I don't see a top tier you know a top flight top five you know uh, seasons in his um in his future, but I do think somewhere between five and ten uh, you know, six and 10 rather, um, you could probably expect that he'll have a few seasons there. Um, I could see him having almost kind of like a Matthew Stafford type career where, uh, for fantasy, you know, he'll be useful. He'll be, he'll be good some years. Um, and he's got that draft pedigree too, um, to where I could see him having a career like that, but I don't see him, you know, uh, a lot of talk, Going into last season was, you know, this guy could be a, a supreme talent, you know, ultra gifted type quarterback. I don't know that I see that. I don't see a Drew Brees or anything. So, um, that would be my thing with Derek Carr, though, is that I I I'd be holding if I had him, and i i I think uh, I think he'll be a lot better moving forward.
0: Yeah, I, I think you for the most part. I think you said it all there. Um, I mean, the the one question that I have with Derek Carr is. You know what are they going to do to replace Michael Crabtree? Because that's going to be a, that's a pretty big loss. I mean that that was easily, you know, his most his the target he was the most comfortable with, was Michael Crabtree. So, what you know, where do all those targets go? That's that's what 100, 150 some targets, a, a season that are just, you know, are, are they going to get dispersed? Maybe to some extent, but. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know how you replace that type of productivity in an offense. So, um, I maybe they have a plan. Maybe Gruden has a guy that he's gonna go get. But uh, I, I think that all that does is hurt Derek Carr further. But I mean, in a super flex league, I think that he's kind of the Derek Carr is kind of the guy that you want to pair with. You know, if you've got one of the elite guys, if you've got Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or or Carson Wentz, Derek Carr is kind of the perfect complement to them, um, because he does have, he he's got a very high ceiling from week to week, and he also has a pretty safe floor for the most part. It's not great, but it's it's safe, you know. You, for the most part, you know what you're going to get from him. So, I mean, I think I think he's a hold, um, unless you're getting, you know, it, unless you're still getting. High-end quarterback one, type of value from him, um, but I I
2: don't know that many people are going to do that anymore. Okay, yeah, I mean I think I may I mostly agree. Um, we should say we don't know for sure Crabtree's leaving yet. It makes all the sense in the world for them to cut him. They save seven point seven million with zero. I thought dead they already cap. cut him. Uh-uh. Hmm. Uh uh Hmm. I'm looking at. According to Roto World, the last report was on December 31st. Um, Raiders expected to cut Crabtree in off season. Mm.
0: Yeah,
2: Um, but so I mean it's probably gonna happen. Yeah. So does that I mean does that help Cooper in your eyes? I know this isn't the wide receiver show, but Cooper's a pretty hot button topic right now. Um, Sure. Do you think the Gruden slash Crabtree leaving you know does that raise cooper for for you guys
0: no i i mean i think that what you're looking for from cooper is just to get back to you know at, at least some somewhat what he was in 2016 and i don't yeah. think that losing crabtree necessarily helps that i mean i think that now cooper faces tougher coverage i, I don't think that he's necessarily gonna see an uptick in targets because of this so you know, this is all this does for Cooper as well as Carr is—is is it just kind of hurts more than it helps? I—I um, I, I mean, to me at least, Cooper and Crabtree were pretty independent of one another for the most part. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it also depends on kind of how they address that position going forward. I mean, they have. Really, I mean, who who's going to step in for Crabtree? They don't have that guy on the roster, I don't think. So mm-hmm. I feel like it depends on who they bring in. Do they go young and try to draft a young guy um, that they can kind of groom, or do they bring in a veteran, or do they do both? Um, you know, how do they address that position moving forward? But um, to be honest with you, I, I kind of like Cooper moving forward a little bit. I think he's a good buy-low candidate. Um, I, see, I see DC rocking strong in Oakland, and then moving over to Vegas and doing it for a while. So, yeah, I, I would uh, – Personally, I'm a little higher on Cooper than I think most people are at this point.
2: So basically, we're holding car. Is that right? Wait, wait for a value bounce back. Is yeah. that pretty much all right? Do you guys want to say anything about Josh mm-hmm. McCown?
1: No, I don't. All right. Yeah, there's
0: there's not a lot to say there. I mean he he's another t- bridge type of guy. If you you know it maybe if you're the the New York Giants and you draft a, a rookie who you're not ready to start just yet. You yeah. know, maybe you go to McCown. maybe he ends up back in Cleveland.
2: But I will I will say I think he's gonna be a starter week one of next year. I do too. So and I think that, that he's I, and I think that he's going to
0: hold quite a bit of value as long as he is a starter. It's just I mean, I don't know that it'll even be for a full season, much less beyond that, you
2: know. Yeah. I think he's on social security, so Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um QB twenty two, we got Jameis Winston. Wow, that was a bad season. Super, super disappointing. Um, I've actually got. I, 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 when I went, when I was making this, these notes here, I kind of surprisingly changed my viewpoint a little bit. Um, he had he surprisingly had not that horrible of a fantasy season when you look at the numbers. Um, but he played really badly. <laughs> And so it's hard, to, it's hard to ignore the mistakes and uh, the bad decisions that he put on tape this year, but he finished with six finishes inside the top 12, despite missing three games with injury. So six out of 13 were in the top 12, and he only had three outside the top 24. So he only had three games that absolutely killed you. Uh, the numbers say... He didn't have that bad of a fantasy season, but the tape says otherwise. So I'd like to hear what you guys think about that. QB 23 was Eli Manning. Um, I personally don't want this dude on my dynasty team. I'm selling for whatever I can get off of any remaining name value. Um, I think maybe the move to to do here is to wait until he's officially a starter somewhere, whether that's New York or elsewhere. Because right now... There's so many question marks. I don't think anybody's buying. Um, so maybe wait because I think he'll, I think he's going to be back. I think he's going to be a starter and, and then he kind of retains some of that value or, or gains some of that value back. Cause right now, I don't think anybody's going to trade you for Eli Manning, but I don't want this dude on my team. cause um, so he had, he's extremely boom bust this season. He only had two, um, he only had two games inside the top six, so QB4 and QB2. Uh, and then all of the other ones were, were kind of bad. He had one game QB11, one game QB12. Anyways, it's Eli Manning. Uh, and then QB24 to finish this off here was Joe Flacco. Um, John, I think, has a different opinion of Joe Flacco. I think we pretty much know what this guy is. Uh, but for consistency purposes, I'll kind of go through the numbers here. He had four finishes inside the top 12, zero inside the top six. All four of his top 12 finishes came late in the season, weeks 13, 15, 16, and 17. So his entire season leading up to the fantasy playoffs were was absolutely horrible. Um, I think he's a perennial low-end QB2 that's kind of one of those guys you consider starting another position over in your super flex, and that's not really a guy I want on my team.
1: Yeah, you no, know, um I agree with you there. I, I'd like to touch a little bit on Jameis Winston. I, I think um how how stoked were people who had Jameis Winston rostered coming into this year? I mean, you had Mike Evans coming off a of number one, you know, fantasy wide receiver season, you had Deshaun Jackson, you were adding to that. You you drafted Chris Godwin and you know, uh you have Quiz Rogers and Doug Martin who will be available after week four. I mean you have all these weapons. Kobe Fleener, O. J. Howard you added. I mean, it seemed like the deck was stacked for Jameis Winston to take that next step easily and be a QB1, um, a solid, you know, maybe mid-range QB1, and things just went terribly. And, you know, it's it's for me, it's time to question, you know, whether or not this guy is going to be able to take that next step and actually be a QB1. Um, I don't think you can sell after the year that he had, but I'm definitely concerned if, if I own Jameis Winston on what's coming next. Um, I got to hope that, you know, uh, having a year under his belt, working with guys like Howard and Deshaun Jackson, maybe the chemistry is going to be better. But, I mean, we saw several times this year where he uh, Jackson was open deep and they just couldn't connect. And to me, that's troubling because, I mean, if you hit on those, you know, not only are you winning more games, but you're also, you know, a much better fantasy asset. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Jameis Winston's a guy that I'm keeping a close eye on um, starting next season and, and really monitoring. And if he gets off to a rough start, I might just I might just cut bait and take whatever I can get for him, even if I have to sell low just to get, get out from under it. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say with Winston
0: that, you know, he was hurt all season. And he was. And it looked like it. Like it showed but I mean, he's never, (laughs) this is, this was a particularly bad year for him, but he's never had a real good year. Like his, his rookie year, he was QB 13 and that's the best he's ever done, you know? So at this point, that's kind of his ceiling. And, uh, that, that makes it really hard to be too optimistic. I mean, I love the situation, you know, Mike Evans and, you know, you mentioned Deshaun Jackson and Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin, by the way, to me is a when we get to the wide receivers, that's a big time sleeper, but, um, and yeah, then I agree. Oh, you know, OJ Howard with a full season, um, in the system, you know, that's usually where the wide receivers and the tight ends breakout is in that second year. So, I mean, Winston's going to have all the weapons in the world. And I think that what you're hoping for is for him to, you know, catch lightning in a bottle, finally have that, you know, that top 10 quarterback season, um, which is probably about all he's capable of, and that's when you sell. So, I mean, I think that you're holding now, and you're you're kind of hoping that this comes together a little bit in 2018 so that you can get out from under him and get way more value than he'll ever be worth again. All right, you guys want to hit on uh, Manning or Flacco at all? I mean, so the thing with Flacco was... There, there. Just there have been some rumors and maybe some some. It's probably more of a, a guess than anything, but there's a possibility that Baltimore moves on from him, and uh, you know, or at least drafts a quarterback and starts grooming them to replace him. So you know, which would obviously kill what whatever value he does have where the Ravens really should be looking for guys who can catch the ball to to put in that offense, you know, instead they're it sounds like there's a possibility that they might just, you know, put it all on Flacco and try to move on from him. So that's that's all it is. I mean, I don't I don't have a whole lot to say about Flacco, you know, from my own perspective. It's just kind mm-hmm. of uh repeating a little bit of hearsay, I guess. Um, and, you know, just something f- for fantasy players to have on their radar.
2: So that's the that finishes out the top 24. Um, we do have some guys that I definitely feel that we should hit on that didn't finish in the top 24, um, but are definitely of note. So um, kind of go three at a time here again, and then you guys kind of jump in on on. Uh, these guys and what you think super flex dynasty owners should be doing so we've got uh, Deshaun Kaiser, Deshaun Watson, Mitch Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes so we'll do four because those are the four the four main rookies here so what are you guys thinking uh, for these four guys
1: you know I think uh, I think one of the few things that all three of us agree on is that Mitch Trubisky is probably a guy that we can We can buy at a pretty decent price, and I think we're all kind of looking for that. And one of the things that uh, was just announced, uh, we're recording on Monday night, um, and one of the things that was just announced today was that uh, the Bears have have named their new head coach. It's uh, Matt Nagy, uh, the offensive coordinator from the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Very interesting hire, a guy who um, is is widely considered... um, you know, a, a really bright offensive mind in the in the game. He's only 39 years old. He's a younger guy, and I think him working with Trubisky is going to do wonders. Um, obviously, he uh, he's been an offensive coordinator under Andy Reid. The Andy Reid coaching tree is really fantastic if you kind of look at some of the names that have come from there. Um, and and Matt Nagy really um, is credited for kind of turning the Chiefs around this season after they lost what five of six after going five and zero. Oh um man aggie started calling calling the plays and uh and he uh made sure to get kareem hunt more involved and uh kind of turned their season back around to where they ended up winning that division uh so i think that was uh that's that's a really good hire for a guy uh for trubisky and for some of the skilled players there in chicago um so i think that's an interesting thing for him and i think that's a guy that uh that, I mean, you can you can kind of see things maybe lining up for a Jared Goff kind of second season progression. And again, you know, when we went through Goff, we were kind of shocked that he was as low as he was. But, I mean, there's no doubting that he took some giant leaps forward from his first year. I think that would be encouraging to see from Trubisky. So um, that's a guy that I would be keeping an eye on and maybe trying to buy um, at a lower cost if you can um, moving forward.
2: So I completely agree. I will say, though, that I I think kind of everybody is thinking the same thing right now. <laughs> I've heard from several different sources, not sources, like I'm some freaking insider, but for, <laughs> you know what I mean. I've heard several places that, oh, Trubisky, everything's lining up for Trubisky to be the next Jared Goff. He's going to have a Jared Goff jump next year. I've heard that so many times, and I have personally... Loaded some offers out to buy Mitch Trubisky in superflex, and I think his price might be higher than we think. So I definitely agree. I definitely think he's a buy. I think he should be attainable for sure, for not you know a crazy amount. But just want to throw that out there that I think maybe the market isn't as low as we think. Um, And kind of that that narrative is building for sure in in the kind of echo chamber. Community that we live in, and that you know, Mitch Trubisky is pretty much going to be Jared next year, and so his his price is a little bit inflated.
1: What about you, John? I know that you got some uh, some pretty uh, pretty heated thoughts on Pat Mahomes.
0: Yeah, yeah, Mahomes has been my guy since the moment they drafted him, and we kind of saw why against a very good Denver secondary. That I mean, they were checked out; they were already on the beach, but like you know that it's still one of the best secondaries in the league even when they're not completely into it and Mahomes made some excellent throws um and uh I think that we saw I think that the Chiefs saw enough to move on from Alex Smith and I think that says quite a bit after the season that Alex Smith just had um and I I think that the Chiefs are kind of also ready for a complete change in philosophy you know getting away from the dink and dunk and and looking for some splash plays because you know it just it hasn't worked for him Alex Smith you know refusing to throw down the field is the reason that the Chiefs you know if they make it to the playoffs sometimes they sneak into the playoffs on you know on a very good running game with Kareem Hunt or Jamal Charles or whatever and a very good defense and then they lose in the first round in a game they should not lose. And it's because of the safe offense that they've been running with Alex Smith. Well, it's time it's time to, it's time to, to you know to, to take the handcuffs off of the, these offensive players. Um, in particular, you know, see what you can do with Tyreek Hill when you're actually letting him get down the field before you're trying to deliver him the ball. And Pat Mahomes can get him the ball from anywhere on the field. And uh, so, yeah, I'm really excited about Mahomes. I don't know that he's going to be that that effective as an NFL quarterback, but for a fantasy producer, this is what you want. You know, this is, this is what Jay Cutler was when he came into the league. And... Uh, you know, there are a handful of others. Um, Joe Flacco, honestly, at times was kind of this. So, the yeah, I'm excited about him for fantasy purposes, and uh, I think that your your window to buy low is probably closed um, now that we know for a fact that he's going to be the starter. But I mean, I I still think that he's worth the price that he's at. Him and Trubisky, you go get these guys now. You know, before they've actually shown it on the field, um, and become completely untouchable.
2: Speaking of untouchable, our next guy is Garoppolo. Uh, <laughs> I feel we've talked a lot about Jimmy G. I think, um, but he he's on he's of note here. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Andrew Luck, Sam Bradford, and Teddy Bridgewater, I think kind of deserve some conversation together there uh, with that shifting Minnesota quarterback room. Um, You guys got anything to add on, Garoppolo or Luck? I I will say that, you know, I've said since we started this thing that Luck still deserves to be ranked towards the top. I've got him at QB2 now instead of QB1, I know. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So we don't have to spend too much time on him. We've spent a ton of time on Luck in the past. Uh, but Jimmy G has some real freaking hype right now. Uh, he is pretty much unattainable. Luck, I think, is actually could could be a buy low. And then let's kind of hit on the, the Minnesota quarterback room there with Bradford and Bridgewater. Um, what do you guys think is going to happen there?
1: Yeah, I think I think it's interesting. I think all signs point to them going with Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, I they, it's tough to call right now because like you, you know, like like I think all of us have said when we discussed Case Keenum was, you know, if if the Vikings even make the Super Bowl, in my opinion, Case Keenum's probably brought back. So, I mean, I think a lot is undetermined there, but if Case Keenum if if they fall short of the Super Bowl, I think it's, it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater's team over in Minnesota. Um, I, I really feel like the coaching staff, the, uh, the, the roster, everything that we hear is that everybody adores this guy. His work ethic is unbelievable. Uh, he's an excellent teammate. And so I think all those things put together um, kind of force Minnesota's hand a little bit if, if Case Keenum doesn't get the job done and get them to the Super Bowl that uh, that the, they're going to go with Bridgewater. He's the youngest option of all. Um and uh and you know if he proves to be 100% healthy, um this is an excellent story and I think uh I think this would be best for what that locker room wants to do and um so yeah, I I think it it'll it'll be Bridgewater uh, over in Minnesota again with the caveat that if Case Keenum gets him to the Super Bowl, uh you know, that that kind of changes things.
0: So I, it, just a few minutes ago, I kind of talked about Case Keenum, and, and you know, like you just said that, especially a Super Bowl win in Minnesota, you're the you know you're the one that get the monkey off the back for the for those Vikings fans. That probably means Keenum has to come back, regardless of the price tag. This is total stream of consciousness, just kind of a thought that I just had though. Teddy Bridgewater is the way that you get around that because. You know they they had some success with him, and you know they they made it to the playoffs. They came within a you know a horrible Blair Walsh shank of beating the defending NFC champion uh, the Seattle Seahawks at home. So or in Seattle, so you know this is a. Uh, they they've already experienced that you know he's already kind of developed a fan base in Minnesota and then just what he's coming back from that might be enough of a sell that people would let you get away with moving on from Case Keenum even if he does win the Super Bowl I think that the fan base might even might let him get away with uh with making the switch to Teddy Bridgewater and I don't think there's anybody else that they could that they could get away with that with um for fantasy purposes though Teddy Bridgewater has really not been that good he's been bad yeah I've tried
2: to argue that before and the Teddy Bridgewater truthers come out in droves yeah nobody wants (laughs) to hear that but the seasons that he has actually played he was he's completely unstartable he's Joe Flacco
0: yeah and there's a handful of guys like that in the league it's 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 so weird that somehow Teddy Bridgewater transcends that because, I mean, he's a very good NFL quarterback. He's a winner. But for fantasy purposes, he does nothing for you, you know? So I I think that what you're hoping for is that he does become the starter so that you can sell high on him because even in that offense, I don't
2: think he's going to produce a whole lot for you. Yeah, I mean... Maybe I think it's, I think it's an absolutely drastically different offense from last time he played. So, I mean, there's that argument when he was last time he played, it was, it was the Adrian Peterson show and mm-hmm. they, they didn't air it out like they have been. They didn't have Diggs and Thielen who win jump balls. And you know what I mean? So yeah, I think, I think that's an argument and I think that's enough of an argument to where the hype will build for sure. Um, I do disagree though that if if Case Keenum actually wins the Super Bowl, I don't. I think there's a zero percent chance that he doesn't come back. Yeah, if he wins it, that's yeah, crazy. And- that's crazy. Has that ever happened? Has has any NFL team ever won a Super Bowl and then gotten rid of their quarterback? Oh yeah, by choice. Yeah. Really? Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well, that just might be my ig- my ignorance speaking, because that seems crazy to me. If you've got a youngish guy, I think Keenum's what thirty. Mm-hmm. You got a youngish guy who just went and and won you a Super Bowl after coming in and starting off the bench in week two. Like, I just don't. I don't see that happening. I mean, that's not really. Doesn't really matter for for fantasy, I guess. But I, I don't see that happening. Yeah, it's. <laughs> If he it, wins it, it, I mean that's that's a big yeah. if. I yeah. I think there's a good chance he does, and I'm rooting for him. But yeah, it's a big if. Yeah, it's it it's tough. I mean, it but just the
0: you know just kind of the political side of it. I guess it, it feels like you could probably get away with it, or you could at least try it with Teddy Bridgewater. And I don't know that there would be that much of an outcry over it in Minnesota. I think that they would be they would still rally behind Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know if it's worth trying. And I mean, if he wins, if Case Keenum does win the Super Bowl, then you know, I don't I don't know why you mess with that. Um, especially if you, you know, you're already losing Pat Shermer. Um, I I don't I don't know why you would change things up any more than that, but. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm I guess I'm just kinda of thinking out loud. There's they might they might be able to get away with it. I just I don't know if they'll want to, but they might. Um Andrew Luck, I mean Travis, you and I are on the same page with Andrew Luck, so I'm really curious to hear where James is at these days on Luck. Now that we know that, you know, it sounds like the the whatever the the radical surgery that he had over in Europe I mean it sounds like it took it sounds like he's gonna play it sounds like he's you know pretty close to back healthy and he's gonna participate in the off-season drills and and it looks like the Colts are back to Andrew Luck as their starting quarterback next year so um, James I'm, I am curious where you've got him at this point in your rankings
1: look when it comes to Andrew Luck I, I honestly in my rankings and and I'll be honest I, I haven't updated him in a little bit but I probably have him outside of my top 10 I'm gonna be totally honest with you the things wow. that we're hearing now about Andrew I, look the things that we're hearing now about Andrew Luck and about how this surgery took are the same things that we heard going into the season last year I'm not buying it. There's something more that's wrong there. If you have to go to Europe to get some special type of treatment, or you're sucking down stem cells, or you're doing whatever you got to do, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not interested. I, I, I just, I'm not. I don't know what's going on with him. To me, the risk is way too high. Even if he does come back, what kind of quarterback is he? Not to mention the fact that, I mean, you can't just take a, an entire what year and a half off of football and then come back and go, oh yeah, I'm same me. You know, I, I mean, there's going to be growing pains. I just, I don't I don't want anything to do with it, and I'm still not buying that Andrew Luck comes back um, by the beginning of the year. I, I just, something still doesn't smell right with that, and uh, and we'll, we'll see, you know. And, and here's the thing. I, I think I've come off a little bit as kind of an Andrew Luck hater, and that's not it. I actually enjoy watching Andrew Luck play football, and um, I hope I'm wrong. I re- really do. But at the same time, um, I'm not going to risk... Um, what I'd have to risk to get him or to own him or to keep him even. Uh, I'd rather deal him and get, I mean, if someone views him as the number two quarterback in a super flex, I can get a pretty penny for a guy who's, who carries a whole lot of risk, in my opinion. Um, so I would, I I'd deal him in a heartbeat. So yeah, that's my take on it. And I, again, you know, I'm, I've am I've i got him low, I know. But um, so to me,
0: the risk is, is too high. If you've got him that low, give us some names that you've got over him. Some of the names that are, you know, some guys who are close, but slightly ahead of him, Kirk Cousins.
1: Sure. Um. I yeah yeah. I could tell you Cousins is probably one of them, but I mean I, I'll just go down the list right quick. It's probably Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, Carson Wentz, um, Dak Prescott, uh, uh, Kirk Cousins, um, uh, da, 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 uh, Deshaun Watson. Um. I mean there there's. There's several guys that I can I can think of just off the top of my head. I'm not even looking at my rankings that I would have ranked over Andrew Luck. Bra- um, and I'm uh, looking at mine here, Brady. I'd probably have Brady ranked just ahead of him. Goff. Me. Yeah. Mariota? No, I, I'm not I wouldn't have Mariota ranked ahead of him. No.
2: Winston, Breeze, Stafford, Carr, Garoppolo. No. Okay. And what would it take for you to yeah, that sounds right about or sounds right about eleven. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought ten, eleven, yeah. somewhere around there.
0: And what would it take for you to move Luck up in your rankings, say just into the top into the top five even?
1: I think I'd have to see a full season of him playing at that high level. Mm-hmm. Um so I I'd want him to come back. I'd want to see a full season of him playing at a high level the the same level that he played at with the same type of of, uh, of you know um, arm strength arm accuracy uh, not with a lot of rust that sort of thing um, to know that hey the Andrew Luck that I'd be buying that I would be comfortable having that high over some of these other guys um, is the same Andrew Luck that I saw playing you know a few years back so that's what it would take for me
2: I think I mean you you're you I'm not you I think it would take you like four <laughs> games. <laughs> like if he, if he came back and he played four games with zero issues and he was slinging it around the, the schoolyard, I think – don't you think that would be enough to, to buy it? Like that's it, right? It's just the injury. That's your whole concern. So if he came back well, and yeah, played but, four games in a row and he was totally fine and there was no reports of shoulder soreness, there was no you know, limited practices, all that kind of stuff, he was totally okay – like, don't you think four games would be enough?
1: No, and and that's just it. Because to me, I I would want to see you know, is there any long term ramifications to the the surgery that he just had? You know, what what happens after eight weeks? Does he start breaking down? Does he start wearing down? Does he start? You know, so I, I'd want to see it a little bit longer. Um, if I'm going to move him past some of those names, I mean, sure. Would I would I maybe after four weeks would I maybe move him up over over a guy like Tom Brady? Sure. You know, maybe I would do that, but to move him into the top five over some guys like Deshaun Watson or Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins, I I don't I don't think it would it would take just four games. I think I would have to see a full season from him uh, to know that I'm buying the asset that he was previously, or at least even close to that asset.
2: Okay, fair enough. I will say though that with that mindset, you're not going to own him anywhere. Yeah, and I, I'm guessing you're okay no. with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I am. If, if I could move an asset that I see as a, 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 this risky of an asset and get as high of a return on him as I can, I would sell him everywhere. Absolutely. And if if he ends up becoming the player that he was or that, that we all think he can be again, uh, I think that's his ceiling. And I think then, you know, you have to live with the fact that you kind of dealt that guy. But I, I think the risk is way too, way too much that, that he doesn't become that guy and that you end up making a good deal. So, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't own him anywhere, you're right, and uh, I would be okay with that, yeah.
0: So I think this is going to be an ongoing debate throughout the, uh, the offseason. Unfortunately, it's it's kind of not one that, you know, there's, there's very much for those of us on the, you know, that Andrew Luck is still elite side of the argument there's not a whole lot for us to point to just yet so so i think you're going to uh win this battle (laughs) um for the time being but i i do think that this uh plus we're kind of out of time on this particular episode but i do think that we're going to revisit this one several times throughout the off season as andrew luck you know continues to progress and uh continues to heal but like I said that's we're out of time for this episode so uh, we are going to be back in just a couple days to talk about some some uh, dynasty trades involving quarterbacks we've spent the last three episodes uh, discussing quarterbacks and now we're gonna bring it all together with some player values so make sure to tune in for that next episode and until then bye